0: All right, welcome to the Armchair Commanders podcast. My name is John. And I'm Jack. And this week we are reviewing the 1942 John Wayne classic, Flying Tigers. And uh, I don't really know how to start
1: off other than uh, what do you think, Jack? um, I'm just gonna put that on the back burner for now. I think we need to address the big racist elephant in the room. (laughs) Yeah. The elephant alone is hard enough to ignore. It's also he's also racist.
0: Yeah, this, <laughs> and, was, uh, this was a hard one.
1: Yeah, mm, yes, certainly had that those moments very, very racially sensitive depictions of Chinese people. Yeah, I uh,
0: I really love that the only time we see Chinese people in a movie set in China is either like a soup kitchen or it's you know the the one like pre like
1: runner-up precursor to indiana jones short round as the mechanic (laughs) which i love short round god help me but this is just (laughs) well if you didn't know any better you'd be
0: like man there's a whole lot of white people in china (laughs)
1: And this was an actual battalion too right uh well is is battalion the right word squadron squadron of dudes yep uh they so their
0: timing was kind of interesting so they started up and got formed up before pearl harbor so when they were Mm -hmm. originally planning on getting over there they were actually breaking America's neutrality laws, but they didn't actually get up and running and see combat until after December 7th, which hmm. by that point America was like, yeah, fucking whatever. Do whatever. Yeah. They want. <clears throat> the gloves came off. Yeah. They were, I forget. I think that, I can't remember if they were completely under Chinese command or if they were technically under the British. Because they came in through Burma, I think.
1: See, what my understanding was, was they were given carte, is it carte blanche? Yeah, Whatever, basically. carte blanche to act however they needed to, but the government would only pay them if they kept stacking bodies, they were basically just mercenaries from what I can understand.
0: Yeah, they uh, they got paid a bounty for every aircraft they shot down. Which made yeah. for some, which made for some really interesting kill counts for the Flying Tigers. Um, I remember reading a book about them years and years ago, where there's this one story where basically something like eight different Flying Tigers got rounds onto one Japanese plane, so they were all credited with one eighth <laughs> of a kill.
1: I'm like interesting.
0: Which is hilarious to think, because you know normally, um. You know when you get a as a pilot if you get a kill you you paint the flag of whatever country that plane came from on the side of your aircraft to denote that you got the kill Mm -hmm. so i'm just trying to imagine like an eighth of a flag being painted onto an airplane
1: (laughs) and there's where grandpa shot down an eighth of an enemy plane fuck you grandpa i killed an eighth of a plane which is
0: it's it's hilarious but i mean it's a tradition that stands today um you know it's a great time to be reviewing this film considering america just shot down a chinese blimp a couple months ago oh yeah the spy blimp which that i i love that not the not the whole thing in in general just the part where they sent an f-22 up to shoot down a blimp was hilarious to me And literally the next day, there was a news photo that uh, the ground crews had painted the silhouette of a blimp on the side of the (laughs) F-22. That's what I would do, at least. It's even funnier because it is the F-22. So the F-22, the the American government has spent billions of dollars developing this aircraft, purchasing them. And it's, you know, it's the next generation fighter. And it's only air-to-air victory is a... a dirigible
1: <laughs> for our dear listeners um aircraft and air combat is something that if you get john started on he can go for hours yeah it's a it's a passion of mine <clears throat> and that makes me happy hearing you talk about your passion
0: but uh a, the the thing that immediately struck me about the uh racist under and or overtones of this film is the uh, the music for it it's oh. like that the like it like it wasn't done with a xylophone but you know what I mean like it was done with an orchestra but it's that like xylophone da, 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 da. I'm like Jesus <laughs> Christ guys like there's better ways for us to denote that we're in China
1: yeah <laughs> but how else would we know other than that musical cue?
0: I don't know how do <laughs> maybe the opening scene where they have a picture of General Chiang Kai-shek and it's like, our boys are fighting in China. I think that suffices. <laughs>
1: <laughs> also, speaking of the soundtrack, that one part in the movie where that... What, what, what did he do that the jackass pilot? Uh, Woody. But he was getting chewed out by... What's his face? Oh, was that that scene where he like misses the call, and the dude without depth perception? Yeah, the dude without depth perception has to go up, and and gets himself killed accidentally. John yeah, Wayne fires him
0: because he's schmoozing John Wayne's girl.
1: Yeah, what? What a real turd meister. Um, and yeah, like. He says, you're out of here, you're fired, and then the camera zooms in on the calendar, and then there's that dramatic stab of music, and I'm like, oh no. <laughs> the date that will live an in infamy. <laughs>
0: that is funny, but also I can imagine how that particular moment would have been like a really sobering moment. It would have for for film goers at the time this was released, because this was released in like october of 42 so we are less than a year out from uh pearl harbor happening and that's like that's the equivalent of like a 9-11 movie coming out six months coming out as a summer blockbuster
1: the fall i was gonna say like imagine john wayne leaning back in his chair and the towers are on fire in the distance it's just
0: (laughs) what the the thing is is that you know they were at this time so we had we had already won the battle of midway we had one Guadalcanal, now um but those were so recent um you know and immediately immediately after pearl harbor this was really the only group that we had well correction we had uh there was a squadron of american flyers that had joined the raf during the battle of britain but um hollywood was Short on material to
1: use immediately following Pearl Harbor, so. And building off that note, like we had six months of defeats after Pearl Harbor. We we lost Guam. We lost the Philippines. We lost Uh, another play. We lost another island. I forget the name of. We lost Wake Island. um, Pavuvu, or did we even have Pavuvu?
0: I don't remember, but yeah, no. Like immediately after Pearl Harbor, we lost a lot of shit mm-hmm. and we oh. didn't, if you think about it, uh, so Pearl Harbor happened in December. We didn't actually have a quote unquote victory or a strike back until April of the following year.
1: Guadalcanal?
0: No, that was when the, uh, Dool- Doolittle raid was, uh, which we also have 30 seconds over Tokyo on our list. So Hmm. if I remember correctly, that film's a lot better than this one.
1: I've never heard of it.
0: Oh, it's, uh, it's actually, it's quite good. If it's been a minute, but it's based on a book uh, by one of the guys who actually participated, but it was another, um, it was another wartime movie made about an event that happened during
1: the war hmm interesting that'll be fun to cover (laughs) but um that's uh i may be jumping ahead but that's sacrifice at the end where he like hides (laughs) that made me so mad for a variety of reasons
0: so obviously john wayne is our our main character as pappy um but the character of Woody who's played by John Carroll which I don't know if you would agree but John Carroll kind of reminds me of Billy Zane a little bit
1: (laughs) I never in a thousand years would have made that connection John
0: maybe it's just the mustache I don't know um (laughs) but so this entire movie is just a showcase of Woody being a dickhead and we'll have plenty of other examples to to talk about it but you know the entire movie we've been given no reason to like Woody and then he volunteers for this super dangerous mission to take out a railway and supply train and so they they successfully take out the railway but they miss the train and then like in a moment of self-sacrifice he tells John Wayne to to jump out and then he crashes his plane purposely into the train. And that like absolves him of every shitty thing he's done up to this point. I was like, no, no, it doesn't.
1: <laughs> like, he, yeah, he did get that guy killed inadvertently, mind you, but he's still dead. Let's see. He he lost a
0: plane. Yeah,
1: because... those those don't grow on trees.
0: <clears throat> no. So he lost a plane. He he hits on John Wayne's girl. He gets a another squadron member killed because he's busy hitting on john wayne's girl and then uh we're supposed to forgive him because he took out a supply train which at this point in the world he took out a supply train the japanese have plenty of other trains and like let's be honest it doesn't take a lot of effort to rebuild a railway as we've seen in the the
1: ukrainian it's, conflict right now it's still a considerable setback i will give him that so. no yeah it's it's a hindrance but it's it's not like he flew his plane
0: like he didn't kamikaze himself into an aircraft carrier or something
1: <laughs> i mean I, w- I will give him some points like
0: you know oh, and, and then john wayne at the end like gives his scarf to the the
1: his replacement he's like Take care of that, kid. It belonged Mm. to a great flyer. Mm. And then the alarm goes off and they rush. Which, as brief as it was, that was kind of a somber note to end on, was it not? Like, there is no pomp and circumstance on their return. It's just another mission. Because this is still early. Like, it reminds the audience, this is still early in the war. And at the time of this release, it reminds the audience, this shit's still going on. Like there is no riding off into the sunset for this movie.
0: Yeah, it's not a happy ending. So I I did appreciate that. Like it's the you know the the war marches on, if you will. Mm-hmm. That was good. But um, had you ever heard of the the Flying Tigers prior to this?
1: Kind of. Um. So. I used to be uh, president of games club back at the college. Me and DP went to USD and one of the campaigns we had running was something called weird war two, which weird war one, exactly like weird war one supernatural world war two. And one of the care and I didn't really have a character in mind, but the character, the DM rolled up for me was a former flying tiger With a full uh, full shoulder and arm tattoo of a dragon that the Chinese called the White Dragon.
0: That'd make for a pretty sick comic book.
1: Yeah, that was a pretty badass character, if you ask me. Never did finish that campaign, though.
0: Yeah, I mean, the Flying Tigers are interesting. They're a very recognizable name. Not to mention, they have one of the most probably famous pieces of nose art for aircraft the
1: yeah the shark mouth for is that and that's where it's from yep they're the ones that started that huh well i'll be damned that i didn't know the more you learn,
0: really really dope uh airplane art yeah
1: still being used <clears throat> All I these bet the guy that came up
0: with it is uh, super pissed to get that he didn't get the trademark on it. <laughs> yeah, he would have been set. But uh, what did you think of the the combat scenes in this
1: movie? Oh my god, they killed the same guy four times, and. Like every time, like somebody got shot in the cockpit, they would always cover their face, and blood would pour down, as if they hit the blood packets. They hid in the palms. And it's ketchup packets, Jack. Whatever, chocolate syrup packs shows up better on the black and white. That was something that that I found to be crazy. Is like
0: there there are definitely tons of instances in World War One and World War Two where you know pilots are actually hit by gunfire when they're getting shot down but for the most seven part, times yeah for the most part when an airplane's getting shot down is because the engine took damage or you know some structural component of component of the actual aircraft took a hit um I just it was it was weird seeing it like almost like every airplane getting shot down was personalized because every time the pilot got shot.
1: Yeah. Were they just that good at shots (laughs) where they get through the cockpit 10 times? It's just more dramatic. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It was, it was a little difficult for me to watch because obviously it would, it would interchange between the, um, Hold on a second. I need to tell my dog to shut the fuck up.
1: Tux. Tux is being a silly goose.
0: So they would intersperse it with um, like an image of a mock-up of a cockpit with, you know, John Wayne in it and the like movie screen behind it with like the like moving background even though the like what he's sitting in is stationary and then they would cut that in with like footage of actual aircraft
1: and then like shots of models <laughs> which this is 1942 i'm not expecting the moon in terms of effects
0: but maybe a, a little more effort.
1: maybe a bit more <laughs> maybe So what you drinking?
0: Uh, purple rain. Lucky. I only just found out today that there's actually a brewing company called flying tiger brewing. (laughs) And I was like, man, that would have been perfect for today, but they're located. Not here. So.
1: Yeah. I just finished my drink, a nice hot chocolate with marshmallows. Kinky. I know, right? No alcohol whatsoever. Yeah, no, I'm surprised, too. I also have some Kool-Aid with me. Ooh, Kool-Aid. Grape Kool-Aid, my personal favorite. Mm. And you know, those Mio things of flavoring? Yeah. I squeeze some of that into it because I was feeling a bit naughty. Tastes amazing. That is
0: quite the combination.
1: I know. I'm I'm a chef. Ooh, also, I put some cumin and cinnamon in my hot chocolate. Make it a little spicier. Mmm, tastier. Yeah, one of my one of my go to fall drinks is hot apple cider with a little bit of cumin sprinkled into it. I call it a cumin cider.
0: I remember having that
1: last time I saw you. Wow, what a great audience! <laughs> remember to tip your waitstaff. I remember being quite tasty. Yeah, it's really good. Humorous name aside. So another, uh, what was what else is there to talk about this movie? Oh yeah, um, the Chinese waiter offering him chop suey that's not a chinese dish the chinese consider that an american dish like
0: general so's chicken
1: yeah like they consider that um and fortune cookies and chop suey all american inventions
0: wait you mean to tell me that 1940s hollywood didn't do their research about what is culturally correct in china
1: yeah sorry to burst your bubble on that one but someone had to
0: well it's not like the American public would know any difference at this point. Or or care. Well, I mean all all that matters is that John Wayne goes in and kicks at kicks ass and you know we sell
1: those war bonds. Sells the war bonds and does the uh white savior thing. Oh yes that oh man. Wikipedia even described this as an unabashed propaganda film. <laughs>
0: <laughs> which here's the thing there's i shouldn't say there's nothing wrong with a proper propaganda film there is but in this context like i'm not like there's a good chunk of films from the 40s are propaganda films
1: yep and who could forget the great dick dictator isn't that on our list uh i don't think it is but we can add it no oh, we should that's close enough to a war film.
0: It's just propaganda films today are much better at hiding the fact they're a propaganda film.
1: Yeah, the public is kind of... I don't want to say more wary of propaganda, but... You, you, yeah, you, they, they, they're they more subtle about it, or at least try to be. huh <sighs> American there's, Sniper. There was
0: nothing. <laughs> yeah.
1: Because let's be honest, that was pretty much a propaganda film.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was. And like, don't get me wrong. The story of Chris Kyle is a very interesting story. But uh,
1: yeah, there, there's some problems with it. Mm hmm. Certainly. But that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> that's, a, that's a story for another day. I We're I talking see- about... Flying Tigers of 1942
0: That's, I've seen that movie once and it's a, a buddy of mine It's one of his favorite films
1: what and wait didn't we go to it together? no we didn't go see that together That was Lone Survivor that we all went to see another
0: rah rah America film but I I, I much I, I much prefer Lone Survivor to uh, American mm-hmm. Sniper better movie. But I digress um this film isn't subtle at all like even the foreshadowing is really, really really terrible like the make sure you don't open your parachute too soon or else sir. yeah this is or a John Wayne quote you. this is not this is not me saying it this is a John Uh-oh. Wayne quote <laughs> <On the laughs> ground, friends will have a nasty habit of shooting you while you're hanging there
1: yeah yeah (laughs) which harkens back to the big racist elephant in the room
0: which like yeah John Wayne was a racist but I mean even even that was a bit much
1: yeah there's a lot a lot of problematic John Wayne moments that would certainly raise an eyebrow or ten um
0: I can't wait to see how he does in the, uh, conqueror. Oh God.
1: We have to watch that.
0: <laughs> yes, we do. Yes. We I hate do. you. But, um, to be fair, wh- like, yes, John Wayne is very problematic, but I do, I have a lot of like nostalgia and, uh, like emotions wrapped up in John Wayne because my grandfather was a huge John Wayne fan. And so much of my childhood, um, whenever I was visiting with him and what have you, that was what was always on TV. So this is probably like the fifth or sixth time I've seen this movie. Uh, this huh. is the first time I've seen it through a grown-up lens, though. Um, but yeah, I I have... John Wayne is problematic, and there's a lot of issues with him, and there's a lot of issue with his films, but like... John Wayne films still hit me differently. Like I still have, a, like he, he did produce some good films. Like let's, let's not deny that. Um, you know, he did the, the OG true grit, which was really good. Um, but that being said, I I understand I'm, I'm looking at his particular films through a lens of nostalgia because of my grandfather. mm-hmm. I remember uh, <laughs> this dates me a little bit, but my grandfather for one of my birthdays gave me his VHS copy of Sands of Iwo Jima and it was still the black and white version, not the colorized version. Hmm. And that does date you. It does. And I think that was either, I got that when I was like five or six, maybe. Um, and I, I, I legit wore that VHS out. Like it, it became unplayable.
1: Dang. Yeah. But that's I actually wa- impressive.
0: <laughs> it is. I can't wait to review Sans of Iwo Jima, um, for a whole variety of other reasons. But I think Sansa Iwo Jima is probably one of John Wayne's absolute if not his best film, one of his top five. I see. Out of the four billion he was in. Mm-hmm. And hey, you could take that to heart, Pilgrim. Pilgrim. It was, it's interesting, too, because John Wayne did so many World War II films. So in this World War II film, we see him... I want to say he's like late 30s, early 40s, maybe. And he's probably late 30s but by the time he does Sans of iwo jima he's like in his mid 40s to almost 50 i think something like that so it's it's interesting to see him in all these different roles in the same war but he's aged that vast, so vastly different
1: everyone is ta- everyone is john wayne
0: i know this is this is young beautiful john wayne
1: was he like and, thirty-five when he made this?
0: Uh
1: let me see. What is what does a goggle tell you?
0: You know he was uh so he was born in nineteen oh seven. So he would have been 30. 35 was how old he was. And by the time he did Sansa Iwo Jima, he would have been like forty five.
1: Huh, the native of Iowa. Iowa. Ew. (laughs) There's
0: there's literally a town in Iowa. I forget what town it is, but that's their claim to fame is that John Wayne was born there and they have a giant billboard for it.
1: Well, yeah, I guess one thing happened in Iowa that they can talk about.
0: And the great corn drought of 1902.
1: Ooh.
0: I forgot how to fucking talk there but
1: yeah this I so uh, we were just talking about the uh, effects and maybe we're a bit spoiled with the effects and movie magic that we've seen in the hundred plus years we've had cinema but I don't know what the average job in 1940 was but it can't have been too glamorous at home just go to work at the factory and then see this this would have blown my goddamn mind
0: oh yeah definitely
1: i would have spent the what pennies the factory paid me for my non-union job on war bonds
0: but if you think about it you know the film we reviewed last week all quiet on the western front which came out a decade earlier had infinitely
1: better effects Point taken. But I think we bring, brought this up at the um, review there where they completely cut out the whole fe- um, gas scenes. When yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, but was that not a big deal in the book? It was a big deal in the war itself and a big part of World War One history. And to not even see a gas mask on screen is a bit weird. But I think that was... Yeah. Con- I I don't know the reasoning why it might have been something as simple as time but it also could have been effects like maybe they couldn't get it to look right on screen.
0: Yeah, well that kind of brings up an interesting anecdote. So, you know
1: Howard Hughes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the billionaire guy that Yeah, I mean, so The he, Aviator.
0: Yeah. He I wonder if The Aviator should uh eh, I don't think The Aviator really counts as a war film. Eh yeah a- anyways one of the scenes in that movie it covers him making the movie hell's angels which is a world war one aerial film and it it literally shows like he had to postpone filming for like weeks because when they were filming it they were using real aircraft but they were There was nothing to to give a concept of how fast the aircraft were actually going so they postponed shooting uh, a lot of scenes until there were clouds because then there would be actually something in the background to show you how fast the airplanes are flying so i could imagine that doing some sort of gas attack scene would pose some sort of difficulty or challenge
1: yeah, maybe that's just us expecting too much from old movies. But what what was the budget for this? For this particular movie? Yes, the budget. For it. I looked it up while I was watching <coughs> it, but I can't for the life of me remember. And I didn't. And I didn't look up the adjusted for inflation.
0: It was uh, just shy of a million
1: huh
0: and it made a it made a pretty good return its return was 1.5 so also got uh nominated for two or three oscars didn't win any but
1: i can i can kind of see why
0: it was nominated
1: yeah i can see why it was nominated but i can definitely see why it didn't win I
0: could totally see why this was a really popular film in 1942. Oh, yeah
1: Um very rousing, very chest pump. This is uh
0: this is about as nineteen forties as a film can get, especially with like the mid
1: Atlantic
0: uh, accents too. Like
1: yep. Okay, Pappy. <laughs> okay, Tuppy, be careful with that. That belong to a good aviator.
0: I used to that, do a girl in Cincinnati.
1: That um Forgot to mention it earlier, but that uh, pilot when he's going down in his little parachute and the guy shoots him just like Pappy Warren. That was quite possibly the laziest death scene I've ever seen in a movie. But there wasn't a whole lot he could do with that. Like, I loved
0: how lazy that scene was. And then at the end of the movie, we get another parachute scene. You know when John Wayne jumps out of the airplane when Woody is sacrificed. Yeah, tr- Woody himself. tricks him i love the scene where john wayne is hanging in this parachute because it is one of those scenes where you can be like this guy is in a studio who's just hanging in a harness with like a moving screen behind him and like there's a obviously a fan blowing his perfectly coiffed hair
1: just (laughs) and the way he noticed the blood on his um sleeve and he checked to see if he didn't have a wound he didn't notice, and then he realized it was Woody's. That son of a bitch tricked me. Those bastards lie to me. <laughs> yeah, exact same energy. But yeah, it's... Um, there are better war movies. Oh, absolutely.
0: My, I guess my question for you is, did you enjoy it, though?
1: I had a decent time with it and I wouldn't say. Oh, and another thing, um, they may have been like, I don't know, hired uh, employees at said airfield or just like workers. But what was up with those two Chinese ladies that randomly looked at the sky and smiled every time they came, every time they saw the flying tigers? Did they just, did they just live at the airfield? Were they just were they farmers in a local field? Who are they? <laughs> it's their country jack well i know i I know it's their country but those two specifically damn it they are there to remind you that you are in china oh i i i wanted to mention i did like that scene at that orphanage where it's kind of a bit of a redemption scene for woody where he shows he's not the jackass that we think he is he does that one trick walks over to the nurse I hope they're happy that's the only trick i know (laughs) I
0: i should rephrase this i love the scene where they're outside of the like soup kitchen orphanage line and there's an air raid that comes in i don't love the fact that an orphanage soup kitchen got bombed um but this was one of the the moments where you could see like a good chunk of money went into practical effects but it's mm-hmm. like we get the loud whistle of a bomb dropping and then like one solitary truck blows up but it doesn't the truck doesn't move it's just the stuff it, it in the do- back <laughs> yeah it doesn't the truck doesn't get destroyed literally it's just like there's a fireball that erupts out of the back of the truck like it's a firework stand
1: yeah and it was very clear like, even before it happened, I was just watching it, waiting, like, oh, oh a char- predetermined charge is going to go off. Oh, there it goes. And another that was, thing. I w- that was
0: the Oppenheimer atom bomb moment in yep. this film.
1: Yep. Christopher Nolan's grandpa worked on this film. I don't know if that's true or not. I just made that up. But one thing I really should mention before I wheel out the Rotten Tomatoes page for this, I want to see more. Or at least w- another better done war- World War II movie in China. That's like a part yeah. of World War II.
0: We have a couple of uh, Chinese World War II movies on our on our list.
1: And I was going to bring it up. They're the country that lost the second most people. Right. And But no one ever talks about them.
0: I think we have uh, Flowers of War. Which is a Christian Bale film which talks about the rape of Nanking.
1: Ooh, sounds heavy.
0: I mm. haven't seen it, so but I've seen some clips and it does look pretty intense. But you're right. I wish there would be some more movies about that particular area. I wish I wish we could get a modern adaptation of this film. Maybe one with a budget. Big enough so that what you could take off in an airplane that actually has bullets in it
1: <laughs> and not, you know, damaged by termites.
0: That was a say what you want, but that was a great line. What happened to airplane? Termites. God the the do we remember what that that one chinese mechanics name was no it's a shame because honestly he he deserves more credit than he he gets in this
1: film i'm pretty sure it was the same actor that played the waiter too but i'm not certain (laughs) america was too busy throwing all the
0: other asian people into camps wow yeah oofta For our listeners who don't know, um, immediately after Pearl Harbor, America started throwing Asian people, specifically Japanese people,
1: into uh, internment camps. And fun fact, that's George Takei's earliest memory is being hauled into those camps. I don't know about his earliest memory, but certainly a memory that affected him during his childhood. Man is not it's, it's it's terrible and it's it's truly
0: a shame because if i remember correctly i think uh there's a couple of guy guys of japanese heritage who fought on the european theater who uh were some of the most heavily decorated individuals in the war
1: hmm yeah oh yeah that uh, what was it called I know exactly who you're talking about, but they fucked so hard. They averaged like two purple hearts a person and a bronze star.
0: Yeah, there was like an entire battalion that was made up of uh, people of Japanese heritage. Mm -hmm. That got sent to Europe.
1: Was it Europe or the Pacific theater? I thought it was the the, the, the Pacific. I think it was Europe because
0: racism reasons, you know, um, we don't want them to go over to the other side. Uh, yeah.
1: the 442nd go for broke was their model motto. 442nd regimental combat team. Oh yeah. They fought primarily in the European theater. Huh? Yeah, they're an
0: impressive guys. They deserve their own war movie, which they probably do. But I can't think of any off the top of my head.
1: Yeah, we need to do some research after this. Um, they pretty, in they less have a
0: pretty cool patch.
1: Yeah. In less than two years, more than 4000 Purple Hearts and 4000 bronze medals were awarded. That Christ, is,
0: that is truly impressive, actually.
1: Ooh, 21 of its members were awarded the Medal of Honor. That is ridiculous. Wow. That, yeah, that is something. Definitely need to research if those guys have a movie about them. They certainly deserve it.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. They they deserve one more than this film deserves a sequel, which. (laughs) I don't know if you knew this. They were planning
1: on making a sequel to this movie during the war. I did read about that. Flying what? Tigers 2, Fly Harder. <laughs> to fly, too furious. <laughs> and it this, just starts... This I time,
0: it's with bullets!
1: I can't wait for the Flying Tigers cinematic universe. <clears throat> <clears throat> Man. Um, Turns
0: out Woody didn't actually die, and he has like a Superman Return arc.
1: Yeah, He has a winter soldier arc where the Japanese take him prisoner and make him an ace pilot. Woody? Who the hell is Woody?
0: <laughs> it's me, Pappy!
1: God. But thank... But before
0: before we get to the review, I have one last thing we need to touch on of the many problematic things in this film.
1: Oh, and there were a lot um
0: our first introduction of woody meeting john wayne's nurse friend is she is taking a bath as behind a door and she thinks she's talking to john wayne and woody just walks in and like makes himself at home and she comes out and is like startled is like that is the creepiest shit ever like
1: oh but it was different back in those days guys could be as creepy as they wanted to girls. I'm being facetious, but yeah, you're right. I don't remember that, honestly.
0: It was it was maybe like a 30 second moment in the film. I don't know. That
1: whole that whole love triangle is just I ignored it, ignored it, ignored it the best I could. Well, you needed to
0: have a love story in this film, because at this point, did you? Well, you have to remember at this point, a lot of. That your movie going audience in america at this point is really old guys young children and women because most fighting age males are shipped away
1: yeah so you you need a
0: love story to put the lady butts in the scene or in, in seats
1: yeah it doesn't mean it was the best love story i've ever seen that still goes to twilight Oh, yes. Twilight. We should review that. That's a war movie. It's a war between the vampires and the werewolves. And man. And man. It's a literal man versus beast. Versus. Say it
0: out loud.
1: <laughs> uh, You're a vampire.
0: I don't, I don't hey, know this, if I'm ever. There's a scene where they show the Civil War in that movie, or one of those. There movies. is. Yeah, uh, one of the characters in Twilight uh, became a vampire during the American Civil War.
1: Huh, that I didn't know. I guess I didn't pay attention enough when my roommates watched that in college.
0: (sighs) Miranda makes me heckle watch it with her at least once a year.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's that's adorable. I know. I mean, hell, if I'm ever frustrated with you, maybe I'll put that up. Ooh! Maybe we could do like... Maybe we could do like one of those, I don't know, maybe you, me and Randa could do a live watch sometime. We should, we should set up like a discord or something. Or I could come visit you. That would be nice. I and have possibly... a guest bedroom now. Yeah, I heard that. But anyway, before we get too off topic, I'd like to talk about the Rotten Tomatoes for this. Um okay. We usually talk about the score before this, right? What we would give this. And mm-hmm. we think of some cheeky review. Um, what, 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 what do you propose the review should be for numbers? Scarves. <laughs> uh, One to five dead guy scarves. I'll give this two dead guy scarves out of five. That may that feels a bit harsh, but I'm gonna stick to it.
0: I I'm gonna agree with you. Um look, this is it's a 1940s film, it's about as 1940s as a film can get. Um there's not a ton of substance to it. The effects leave a lot to be desired. And honestly, the story arc is kind of lazy. So but it is a it's not a classic in the same way All Quiet is, obviously, but it's still a interesting window into the time period. So I, I'll give it two star- two scarves.
1: Alright. So let's see. The critics gave this a 67%. No way and, and the audience gave it a 69 giggity percent. <laughs> that's the sex number so yeah that's that's flying tigers and i don't agree with either of these no i don't really agree not. with either either of these now my thing I, i'm not
0: going to apologize for making you watch this like what here's the thing i wasn't gonna ask I, I, i'm glad i, I did, did. I did enjoy it for as bad as it was. Like I said, I have a lot of nostalgia wrapped up in John Wayne films. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a shame. It's kind of like wind talkers where you have an interesting subject matter and you deserve a really good film about it, but this is really all we have. I mean, there's a couple of like released really straight to DVD films about the flying tigers, but like, I want, I want major motion picture budget today financed film with tom hardy as pappy kind of film <laughs> Pappy, but i would say this is worth if you are looking to get the vibe for 1940s 1940s media this is worth a watch. I can't say this is a film that everybody should go out. and Like this isn't, this isn't a come and see obviously where I, you know, for that one, the way I described it is like, everybody needs to watch it at least once. This is not a film that needs to be watched at least once. If you like John Wayne, or if you're looking to just peer into the past, check the film out, but yeah, you, you're not missing much if you don't watch this.
1: This is this movie's like the poster boy of product of its time because right. it was made in a very timely manner to relate to the audiences, the current events of the goings on. And it certainly has its problematic themes, as we've already explored. Which date the film, but that's kind of the point now, isn't it? Right. I mean, not every
0: old film is going to age well or no age to be a classic like some of the films we've reviewed up to this point
1: well i think that about does it for this anything any other thoughts you'd like to share
0: no i think that about does it i know it's uh your turn to pick so
1: what do we have coming up next jack We have the two thousand seven classic three hundred up next. This
0: is Sparta.
1: You'll you'll find plenty of both down there. (laughs) Yeah, King Leonidas, the suspiciously Scottish king.
0: (laughs) It's kind of like when Russell Crowe played Noah in that one Bible (laughs) movie.
1: I mean, who's gonna say he wasn't? New Zealand here.
0: That's fair. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. I saw I saw 300 in theaters the the weekend it came out. Hmm. Just. 12 year old John hanging out, watching guys be speared to death and. Naked Gerard Butler, but, you know.
1: Mm. Yeah. Who could resist?
0: I'm looking forward to it. 300 i i'm not ashamed to say this 300 is a movie that i watch at least once a year if not more (laughs) it is is the kind of movie that like if i have the house to myself for an evening or like a weekend i will go and like cook myself a steak out on the grill and like grab a six-pack and then just sit down and you know enjoy the show
1: so i'm looking forward to it mm-hmm. it's definitely a uh, how did how did you put it a pork chop movie yeah there was a
0: a podcast long ago that has since uh ended it was called friendly fire which i highly recommend the episodes are still up on it and it was one of the things that inspired me to start this show with you is because there was a hole in my life since that show ended um but yeah they they coined the phrase uh pork chop film which is like is it a great film not really but is it a fun film yes
1: and so that's just the beauty of it all you know fun movies it is do you have anything else uh nothing else
0: all right sounds good well if you enjoyed the show please leave a review the stars do matter Uh, if you would like some additional content memes and whatnot you can follow us either over on instagram or facebook at the armchair commanders podcast um additionally if you do enjoy the show share it with a friend who likes war movies
1: absolutely
0: we like to hear from you guys we've we've actually have gotten some private messages and whatnot and uh it's always great to hear feedback and know that we're not talking to nobody so with that being said i hope you all have a good morning day or evening whatever it may be and we will catch you next time bye